Good evening, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, and I'm going to be doing a program spotlight on a couple of schools here. And the first one that I'm actually going to start with is the Bear Creek Bears. And so just going to jump right into it and talk about last year's record. They went two and five last year. It was a pretty tough schedule and they lost quite a bit from last year, including all of their receiving touchdowns from Adrian Valenzuela, who had seven receiving touchdowns and Nathan Ramos, who had one receiving touchdown. All eight of those receiving touchdowns were all of their passing touchdowns last year in seven games. And on top of that, between those two players, they lost 26 receptions and about 490 yards. Nathan Ramos also contributed on the defensive side of the ball with 31 tackles, two sacks, and an interception. So these were quite a few losses, or these were heavy losses, I will say, on the receiving core end of things. However, you know, they were a super junior heavy team with a pretty tough league schedule. And I think that, you know, this turnaround for this year is not as, you know, under the radar as a lot of people may have thought, realizing how young this team was last year and considering the COVID circumstances. And the non-league games that they played were also hard. They opened up the season against Ponderosa, who had a top five player on our cornerbacks list featured and also had some pretty decent linemen last year. So that was a tough uh, matchup. They faced off against Dakota Ridge, who made it all the way to the semifinals in 4A and is in their league. They beat a Chatfield, who was kind of also having an off year. They lost to a Stanley Lake in overtime. They won against Wheat Ridge, but everyone wins against Wheat Ridge. Then they faced Golden in an away league game. And Golden has been on fire ever since Riley. And then they ended the season against Erie and Blake Barnett, who, you know, this team in normal circumstances would have been a high-seeded playoff team. And they lost pretty bad to them. So overall, they just had a very difficult schedule last year that, you know, made it quite the thing to overcome. And fast forward to this year, I'm going to talk about how they've done so far this season. And this is recorded as of the night of 10 9 2021 or the morning of my bad and um they've started off five and two including one and one in league play they start off with a 32 to 27 win over lakewood they beat Greeley west 40 to 13 they lost to erie for the second year in a row but this time the gap was not as big they only lost by 18 points instead of was it like 30 something points they then absolutely thrashed pueblo centennial 49 to 6. You love to see big games against teams that you should beat. They won a tough game in Windsor, 24 to 14. They had some great defensive contributors in that game that I'll talk about. They did get drubbed once again by their league rival, Dakota Ridge, who Simon and I agree are just on another level and easily probably the favorite to win all of 4A football this year. And on Thursday night, they actually pulled off an upset, I would say, over Chatfield. They beat them 14 to 10, and that is just, it's honestly really crazy because Chatfield was definitely favored to win this game. They just, Chatfield's only loss this season was to Pine Creek, and it was a very close loss. And so in this win, you had, you know, some of the usual suspects as far as the Bear Creek offense, you know, getting things done, including the likes of Ryan Segovia. That is number 40. He's a running back slash linebacker for this Bear Creek team, and he has been a monster this year. 
before the Chatfield game. He had 95 carries for 638 yards and seven touchdowns. He has 25 tackles, six for loss, two sacks, nine hurries, and a caused fumble. On the offensive slash defensive back side of things, wide out cornerback combos between Blake McComber and Caleb Sauceda, they have been balling quite a bit. They have eight touchdowns combined, combined between just the two of them, which is already tied for last year's numbers. And they have even more yards with Blake having 550 before this Chatfield game and Caleb having 225. They've also combined for two interceptions, five passes defended, and 44 tackles on just Caleb's side. And shout out to Caleb for following the podcast and retweeting and tagging us and stuff. We appreciate the support and, you know, we support you for the rest of the season as well as the rest of this Bear Creek squad. Moving on, they have some other guys like Richie Caballero, who has four touchdowns on the season. You have on defense some real dogs like Zach Nash, who is a junior. He has two interceptions for and three pass deflections. And on the offensive side of the ball, he also has two receiving touchdowns. You also have Emiliano Ramirez, who has 25 tackles, including two and a half for loss, three and a half sacks, and 11 hurries, as well as a recovered fumble and a blocked punt. And then you have the leading sack leader for this Bear Creek team, Blake Parrish, six sacks, 14 tackles, four for loss, and five hurries. So he's an absolute menace in the backfield. And once again, before this Bear Creek game, you have the quarterback, Jaden Mentor. Up until that point in the season, he was 93 of 164 for 1,359 yards, 12 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. I'll talk about that in just a moment. And he continued that ratio on Thursday night, throwing a touchdown and also an interception. So really that's 13-13. And then also 34 carries for 225 yards and two touchdowns. So looking at the rest of this Bear Creek schedule, you have a home game against Stanley Lake. You have an away game against Wheat Ridge, and then you finish the season against Golden High School, who's currently 7-0, and they have been rolling with Dorian Riley the fourth. And so what I'm going to do here is talk about how I see this season going for Bear Creek and some concerns I have. I think that you should get revenge for last year. You should beat this Stanley Lake team. I think that you're more talented and you have a better defensive scheme than this Stanley Lake team. You no one should lose to Wheat Ridge ever, so that puts you at 7-2 and two heading into the final week against Golden. That's also on a Thursday night. And unfortunately, I say that Golden gets the edge in this game. I heard some word on the street that Riley himself is a former Bear Creek guy. I'm not exactly sure the validity of that story or what the exact story is, but I think he's going to be hungry to drub this team who has Jaden Minter instead of him. And Jaden Minter is the biggest question mark on this entire Bear Creek team. I've seen this guy play. He's athletic. He has a strong arm, but he struggles very much with ball placement. In a game against Greeley West where, you know, his defense was forcing a lot of turnovers, he gave it right back to the Greeley West offense through interceptions often his decision making is a bit questionable he throws into double coverage a little too often for my taste and i don't think that he has the arm to make those kind of throws so for bear creek here you head into the playoffs at seven and three you probably get a pretty decent seed 
And then you just have to hope that Jaden Minter doesn't throw you out of the game. And it sucks that your offense has to run through, you know, just Ryan Segovia, or you have to call specific plays to get Blake and Caleb involved or Zach Nash involved. Like he has all of these weapons of these great athletes, but his decision-making is keeping the ball out of their hands and out of the offense's hands in general. So Jaden definitely just needs to settle down. When you see a read that's open, go ahead and hit it. Don't try and force a big play. Don't try and force a pass to be Patrick Mahomes-esque or Brett Favre. Don't be a gunslinger because it's backfiring on you. And instead of Brett Favre, you're coming off a bit more as Jameis Winston. But, you know, Jaden, he's a great athlete. And I think that he should use his legs to his advantage. If you don't see something that's open, tuck and run, man. And you could totally truck through some of these linebackers at this 4A level. I know you can. Get some practice in against the goons over at Stanley Lake and Wheat Ridge if you can. So... That is, that was a very fast, but a very appropriate Bear Creek segment. Final record, seven and three. You can write it down now. And I'll admit that I didn't have them beating Chatfield originally, but you know, they did and kudos to them behind a great defensive effort. You know, they held this Anthony Adams kid to zero passing touchdowns and only one interception. And they only allowed one touchdown all game against this, you know, this offense over here at Chatfield that I think is super explosive and they forced a ton of fumbles from this offense. So, you know, kudos to them where Bear Creek, they've always been kind of a defensive team in my opinion and in my experience. And I think they're living into it, heading into the biggest part of the year in playoffs. So best of luck to Bear Creek and all those players on there. I hope that y'all ball out and, you know, get some offers because there are some great athletes on this team who I know can help teams on the next level out significantly more. So coming up next, going to be talking 4A Metro 2 teams. Coming up. Hello, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host, Cody Stoffer. And this segment is going to be a little bit different simply because all of these teams are in the same league. So I'm going to be talking about Aurora Central, Vista Peak Prep, as well as Denver South. That is the Trojans, the Bison, and the Ravens, respectively. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about with all these teams. There's a lot to like. So I'm going to start talking about how last year's year went for them in general and then i'm going to discuss how this year is looking and how these teams will face off in you know eventually this regular season how they have and how they will fare in playoffs so starting at aurora central they had the roughest year last year they went three and four and they lost notable players on the line primarily in louis via who had 17 tackles, including 12 for a loss, as well as five sacks. And then you had a guy that I actually did a breakdown on, Andrew Portillo, who had 19 tackles, including 10 tackles for loss and a sack. Both of these guys, I'm pretty sure, played both ways as well. So it it's tough losing starting linemen, especially that could play so effectively on both sides of the ball and you know just brought great size and strength 
to both those positions. So those are tough losses. And looking at last year's schedule, they did, like I said, you know, they struggled with that three and four record, almost broke to 500. And, you know, they had some tough losses, like they lost to Falcons 61 to 30. They lost to Harrison 33 to three. All the games that they lost, they lost bad, like so bad. And they still made the playoffs. And then they eventually had to forfeit to Thomas Jefferson. But, you know, I think that this is a very different team this year. I think that they have it figured out where they can let their best athletes be in athletic positions and not force play quarterback. Because last year they had Kyrie's Kirby Jr. who played quarterback, but he is definitely more of a running back just in general. He led the team in rushing last year. And as a touchdown to interception ratio, he threw five touchdowns to nine picks. And that's obviously not going to get it done on this level. And you kind of take away vision a little bit and some possibilities that you can do in the run game. I think by taking this guy and sticking him in one place at that quarterback spot. And I think it shows because this year he is balling out so much. He has ran 48 times for just about 800 yards. And this was before Thursday's game against Vista Peak. He has 10 rushing touchdowns. He has a catching touchdown through the air. Another great running back in Simeon Veasley Jr. He ran for 594 yards last year and seven touchdowns. And, you know, basically at the midway point through this season, he already has 378 yards and four rushing touchdowns. In addition, 51 tackles and four for loss. So both of these guys, they play both ways. They're super athletic. They have great footwork on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that they do a great job of making those very quick cuts to gain more yards. And they have pretty solid burst as well. And on the defensive side of the ball, they are surprisingly physical and they flow to the ball very well. In addition, they also have a Trevin Simmons Adams Jr. Who, well, who is a junior, I should say. Same with uh, Simeon Beasley and Kyrie Kirby. But... You know, he has 43 rushes for 334 yards and four touchdowns. So already between these three players, you're talking 18 rushing touchdowns for this team and just great efficiency through the ground because you have a Nicholas Portillo who can hand the ball off as well as partially throw. You know, he only has 25 attempts on this season, but he almost has 300 yards and he has more touchdowns than interceptions. And I think that's the most important part of this entire equation is you just need a quarterback who can hand the ball off and not turn it over when you ask him to pass. So that's exactly what Nicholas is doing. You also have great, you know, talents on the defensive side of the ball. You have a Marcus Howard who has 13 tackles for loss and 12 sacks already this year. So he's a monster. You have a Brian Weatherford who has 36 tackles, two for loss, two interceptions, and a bunch of pancakes. So he's a dog on that offensive line. You have a Brian uh, Mendez who has 30 tackles and three for loss, a Jacob Ingram ingraham jr who has two interceptions so this team gets by with you know a consistent running game an explosive running game that can pop off at any moment a quarterback who's just solid but really the defense of aurora central i think is what puts them above a lot of the other teams in this league and even in the state and i think that it shows this year when you look at their schedule i mean holy cow they have pitched some pretty solid shutouts this year you know they're currently six and one they lost this opening game to Falcons. So two years in a row, they lose Falcon. But this time, the score was only 14-6. to six. 
And after that, they go on a tear. They destroy Hinkley 55 to zero. They destroy Wheat Ridge 31 to zero. And I know that these aren't impressive teams, but they goose egg them. They face Adam City. They win 28 to 13. They face Lincoln, not an impressive team, but they goose egg them 74 to zero. They face Grand Junction, goose egg them 48 to zero. They are laying all of the right eggs in the right places to set them up for an easy league and, you know, probably a very high seed come playoff time out of this 4A Metro 2 league. And so before talking about how the game between Aurora Central and Vista Peak Prep game went that occurred on Thursday the 7th, I'm going to take you through Vista Peak Prep. And so talking about how they did last year, they made the playoffs in the spring and they, I believe that they made it into the semifinal round is what I want to say. Either way, they won one playoff game against Rangeview 29-14 in the spring, and then they lost to the eventual spring champions in the 5A conference, which was the Far Northeast Warriors. They lost to them 23-16 in the semis. And so last year, they when they won, they won big, and when they lost, they lost close is a great way to describe it like westminster 40 to 6 hinkley 57 0 they beat rangeview twice the first time in the regular season 33 to 14 second time 29 14 so a few less points they actually beat the far northeast warriors by three earlier in the season then they lost to denver south by three and they lost to denver east by three and i think that the biggest players to talk about is very obviously um you know jaderis Carr, aka jiggy Carr who's doing his thing at Princeton now and is actually getting snaps as a true freshman. He is a phenomenal running back and a great athlete. I mean, last year in this eight-game season, he put up 898 yards and 13 touchdowns on 98 carries. So he was averaging basically eight yards per carry in this spring season, and he would have done the exact same thing in the fall season. I have no doubt about that. He was super talented and maybe even a snub on our top five running backs list. You go ahead and make that decision. Go back to our episode and listen to the top five class of 21 running backs. But moving on from that plug, you also had a good football player, just overall athlete in Victor Owens, who played quarterback for them last year. He could run on the ground. He had 258 rushing yards and two rushing TDs. He had four passing touchdowns, 30 tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss. I think that he was a phenomenal linebacker over there at Vista Peak Prep. And I think that, you know, I'm pretty sure he's playing on the D2 level, high-end D2 level, maybe lower D1 FCS level, something like that. But he's a dog. I know some scouts who are trying to get their hands on him. And, you know, he was just a bit out of their bargaining range because he was that good. And then you also have the four-star offensive lineman in Braylon Nelson, who's doing his thing at Fresno State right now. Then you have a Donovan Jarman who had 26 tackles with nine for loss and five sacks last year. And a Jalen Carazales who had two interceptions and three pass breakups. So they lost a ton of athletes on the offensive side of the ball and even the defensive side of the ball from last season to this season. Despite all this, they are still winning football games. You know, before this Thursday game against Aurora Central, they are four and two. And they are led by Jordy Ruiz, their quarterback, who has had a pretty solid year 
you know, he's gone 75 of 135 for 12 touchdowns and nine picks with another two rushing touchdowns to add on to that. Then you also have their great athlete in Christian Manning, 78 carries for 620 yards and four touchdowns. You have another awesome, awesome guy here in Bryson Torrey and Jordan Mayfield, as well as Christopher Marquez. Just talking about all these guys who are great athletes on both sides of the ball. Bryson Torrey with five touchdowns, Jordan Mayfield with three touchdowns, also two interceptions on the defensive side of the ball. Bryson Torrey with 66 tackles on the defensive side of the ball. You have a Christopher Marquez who has two receiving touchdowns as well as 45 tackles and an interception. You have a great pass rusher in Trey Tabor who, or Tabor, who has 45 tackles and seven sacks. And you also have a Silas Gordon who has two interceptions. So you have these guys who, you know, they look at these holes that are left by the people before them, you know, there's some great turnover guys who are graduating. There's some great running backs and athletes and receivers who are graduating and they come in and they run, I think, arguably a more complete offense with a quarterback that, you know, can drop back in the pocket and make throws and step up in the pocket and shed some tackles. I watched some of Jordy's film and, you know, he does have some wow throws every once in a while. And, you know, he keeps his eyes downfield, which is not really something that you got from Victor Owens last year. And you just have, you know, a bigger gas tank for a lot of these guys because there's so many dudes who can play that they can get some rotations in, you know. And so you have four and two here with Vista Peak Prep. They finished last season five, three. You have Aurora Central, who's five and one. And last year they went three and four before this game. I had Aurora Central favored because of their defense, and I was correct on this one. On Thursday night, Aurora Central spoiled Vista Peak Prep's homecoming with a 27-7 win, and this came on the heels of, you know, just, it, it kind of reminds me of what Simon told me about the Ponderosa game, that they just, Vista Peak Prep, that is just, it wasn't finishing drives, really. And, you know, you had Jordy Ruiz who had a lost fumble and whatnot. But I just really think that, you know, their defense didn't step up and force as many turnovers as they needed. And, you know, Aurora Central could basically play keep away from this offense with the, you know, three great running backs that they have in that backfield and that quarterback that can complete those play actions after, you know, they've ran the ball seven times in a row. So Aurora Central, I think that they are a more complete team than Vista Peak Prep. And I think that that's much thanks to their defense. I think that the defense of Aurora Central is absurd for all of 4A football. And so following this loss to Aurora Central, you know, that puts Vista Peak Prep at 4-3. and three. Have no fear. Their next two league games are against Grand Junction and Gateway. I think these are both winnable games to say the least against these teams. And so then you're looking at a five and six and three record before you head to Denver South on the 29th. As for Aurora Central, they are now six and one. They have Gateway next week. That should put them at seven and one before they face off against Denver South, who is, you know, they've also lost one game on the 21st. And then you end the game, the league against Centaurus. So that puts you at, you know, seven, eight wins there. And then the Denver South question mark for both Vista Peak Prep and Aurora Central doesn't end well for either of those teams. I say Vista Peak Prep ends with a 6-4 and four record, dropping this last game to Denver South. 
and I think that Aurora Central finishes 8-2 while dropping this game to Denver South. And if you want to know why, stay tuned for the next segment where I break down and spotlight Denver South. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the last segment of this episode of Playmakers Corner. This is episode 72, and in this episode, I have spotlighted the Bear Creek Bears program, the Aurora Central Trojans program, and the Vista Peak Prep Bison program. All of these are 4A programs, and three of them are in the 4A Metro League, being Aurora Central, Vista Peak Prep, and the last team that I'm going to talk about today and that is the Denver South Ravens. This team has been a consistent model of success and playoffs and just being a really competitive team with solid traditions and solid quarterback play through and through. And so talking about, you know, solid quarterback play last year, they went six and one. They got upset in the first round of the playoffs to Denver East. Otherwise, I would have had them favored to win the entire thing in the spring. And that was in huge part thanks to Julian Burke. That was their quarterback from last year. He completed 56% of his passes for 825 yards, threw eight touchdowns to four interceptions, and added on another three rushing touchdowns. He committed and signed to CSU Pueblo, last I heard. That is a very prestigious D2 program who's got to be super excited to have Julian Burke in the wings over there and who you know could potentially help them win a national championship on that d2 level i really think so between his athleticism and great arm and just ability to make some throws that make you freeze because they are just so damn good you also lose your leading rusher in daniel jipple uh there's also jay sean Leba. i did a breakdown on this guy actually he was one of the first requests if not the first request episode that we did and he was a very shifty little wide receiver you know he played that slot position very well and you know just showed tremendous footwork and hands and focus in that position definitely a mismatch against any linebacker and most nickel cornerbacks in the state of colorado i don't know what he's currently up to but i know that he's a dang good athlete and you know on defense he had five interceptions and that is just a handful to deal with you know for any opposing team and so he's a nightmare on both sides of the ball who graduated you also had sterling bryce jones who had 10 tackles for loss last year you had an elijah davis who had two tackles for loss on 41 tackles you had a james wright who had three sacks and you also had a johannes antonio who had an interception for 45 yards returned it might have been a pick six i'm not exactly sure max preps is super unhelpful but anyways Talking about this year's Denver South Ravens, what makes them so special? Well, it's not the defense, in, in case you were wondering. Against some quality opponents, they let up quite a few points. And against some not quality opponents, they have not really goose-egged them. So this season, they started off with a loss against Mesa Ridge. They have that Noah Romero's quarterback over there, as well as Cash and Carver Cheeks. Yeah, those are those athletes over there and they lost this game by three points 31 to 28 that's a tough game to lose but it's not against the worst team to lose it to then they get adam city here they lick their chops they wipe the floor with these guys 49 24 then you get a great shootout here against broomfield with cola crew and josh dunn and they actually denver south out duels broomfield in this game 
48 to 40. No thanks, or I should say in big part, is Joseph Capra. He has been phenomenal this year for this Denver South Ravens team. And it was definitely the case in this game against the Broomfield Eagles where, you know, he went 11 of 16 for 278 yards and three passing touchdowns. So he's done this all year. His current ratio, at least before this past week's game, was 20 touchdowns to two interceptions, along with 420 rush yards and four rushing touchdowns. So altogether, he has over 1,800 yards, and this was before this week, and 24 touchdowns. So he's a stud. He can drop back from under center. He can make reads from shotgun. And he has an arm that I trust probably the most in this entire league. I wouldn't say it's the strongest arm, but it does get to where it needs to go. On top of that, also in this Broomfield game, you had sophomore Chevelle Early. He's been phenomenal this year previous to this past week's game. He had 460 rushing yards and nine touchdowns. Three of those came also in this Broomfield versus Denver South game. Like I said, 48 to 40, very high scoring game. Then you also have a Wheat Ridge who they let score, but it must have been garbage time. They beat them 56 to 7. Then you have Stanley Lake who gave them another run for their money. They only won this game 34 to 27. Obviously, it's nice to win some of these closer games. Stanley Lake isn't the worst team in the world either, so it's not like disgraceful that you let them hang around. But, you know, it's it's definitely not as impressive of a win as one might think but joseph once again had a great game i thought about giving him player of the week during this week actually he had two rushing and two passing touchdown but i ended up giving it to someone else obviously and also on this team you have a dominic mcgath he's a huge threat receiving in this game against stanley lake he had 170 yards and was only out caught by rashad caldwell who i wanted to talk about in this game against Stanley Lake, he had seven receptions for 187 yards and a touchdown, which is only a fraction of what he's done this season, with his total numbers being 34 receptions for 798 yards and 11, I said it, 11 of Joseph Capra's 20 passing touchdowns. And that doesn't even include this past week when they faced off against Grand Junction that was actually last night as of this recording. They whooped up on him. 56 to 14 they don't have stats updated but that is exactly what you want to do to a team like grand junction and so they're looking down this stretch and it's tougher than the rest of their league because aurora central and vista peak already played but they have centaurus coming up next easy win i say move on to seven and one then you get into the meat of your schedule that's going to determine your place in the league and if you win it or not and so you have aurora central in aurora then you have vista peak prep and you have this game at home and so I think that they should win that Vista Peak prep game because I just don't see enough defensive talent on Vista Peak prep to slow down this Denver South offense. And in addition, I think that Jordy, for as strong as his arm is and how determined he is to keep his eyes downfield on plays, he definitely has some faults that I see this Denver South team being able to exploit. So I think that they win that game against Vista Peak prep. So that puts Matt eight and one. And the big question mark is against this Aurora Central team. I said Aurora Central was going to go eight and two, which means that I am implying that Denver South is going to go nine and one and win the four eight Metro two. If I'm wrong, it is no big deal. It's definitely going to be Aurora Central if it is not Denver South. But I think that 
I just have more faith in this quarterback and in this offense led by Joseph Capra for Denver South. You know, I've seen the offense over at Aurora Central. It gets the job done. Obviously, it wins football games. But I think that variety is the spice of life when you're running an offense and when you're calling an offense. And so I think that gives Denver South a huge advantage over Aurora Central that is they're not stuck being one dimensional through the run game, but they are not helped out by the dimension of their passing game to really keep a defense honest and to, you know, win those football games. So with all that being said, I do think that this Aurora Central game, I think it'll be decided by less than six points in my opinion, but ultimately Denver South wins it. They move on to nine to one. They win this. So just as a recap, I have the Bear Creek Bears going seven and three. I have the Vista Peak Prep Bison going six and four, the Aurora Central Trojans eight and two, and the Denver South Ravens nine and one. If you have any questions on these spotlights or have any news that I may not have known about during this episode, please feel free to reach out to us through our DMs. Or if you just want your film specifically broken down, as we've done in the past for an Andrew Portillo, for a Julian Burke, I think I actually did both of those breakdowns. Now I think about it. I also did the Jiggy Carr one for Vispeak Prep. And then Braylon Nelson was one of our top guys on our offensive lineman last uh, offensive lineman list last year. So yeah, make sure to listen to all those episodes. That's Braylon Nelson. That's on our top five lineman episode. Aurora Central, that's Andrew Portillo. And Denver South, you can go ahead and look up Julian Burke. Listen to all those episodes about these teams, about these programs. It gives you a huge insight to what they're about, I would say. And looking forward to the rest of the season. I obviously hope that they all prove me wrong and win more games than I predicted, even though for some of them it's not possible. But overall, you know, super excited, super stoked for these teams, keeping it competitive at that 4A Metro 2 level. And I'm excited for Bear Creek, who after that huge upset over Chatfield is still partially in the running, at least for that second spot in that league. So congratulations to all these teams. I've been your host, Cody Stoffer. Please make sure to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts to listen to us. Make sure to follow us on social media. That is Twitter. We are at Playmaker Corner, which shout out to Nine News for tagging us in that post for the Wiggins game, which was super exciting. Stay tuned for the recap where I talk about what happened in that game. Then also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We also have a website that's up if you want to check that out. But I have been your host, Cody Stoffer, on this episode, and peace.